Some people don't really know what will gratify them in the long term because they haven't actually done that inner work. They haven't done that self-exploration to think actually what it is I need because I want this societal treadmill. And we're just too busy fitting in. Oh, that's what they're doing, so I'm going to do that. You know, that's how life is. Yeah. Mason Anthony Dyson Roberts is a speaker, certified mindset coach, NLP practitioner and breathwork teacher. A well-being professional of nine years whose message is that true wellness is holistic, but the mind matters the most. A former professional athlete whose career was cut short due to injury, a multiple startup founder, Mason has experienced extreme highs and lows that led him to battle with his own mental health challenges. Mason brings a unique perspective gained from his checkered background to deliver talks, workshops and wellness sessions to the organisations he works with. He takes a practical approach that empowers individuals to tap into their full potential. And welcome to the Refreshing Change podcast. My name is Nicola Scott and I will be your host. Mason, thank you so much for joining me. I'm so excited to dive into this conversation. Um, before we get going, just a bit of a brief, uh, I suppose, how we know each other, because it's through the wonders of the internet. Um, we, I've been following Mason for, for a couple of years, maybe, in the kind of coaching space and I knew you were in London and I happened to be in London last month so I just hit you up and we connected didn't we and had the most powerful conversation that just blew me, yeah, yeah just blew me away so I'm so glad you could join us on the podcast so thank you so much for joining us do you want to can I hand over to you to give us a bit of a brief summary or background about I know it's hard to condense your life into a couple mm. of minutes but can you share what what life's been like for you Mason what 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 are you um, all about well, first off, thanks for having me on. Um, I, like yourself, I'm a coach. I'm a holistic performance coach, which means, and I listened to your intro of your podcast, it's actually one of your pillars about a holistic approach. And I coach men holistically, which means that I incorporate your mental, physical, and emotional slash spiritual fitness. I think you have to pay attention to all three if you're really going to we're going to find the changes that you're looking for because you can be physically fit and still have a lot going on in your mind and yet your mind can be really healthy but if your body's out of whack you're actually going to, that's going to have a ripple effect onto your mind and so everything is connected which is why holistic performance coach um bit about me i grew up in a council estate to a 16 year old mum, abusive fathers it was pretty <laughs> pretty rough i've Spent time in prison, not many people know it, which I probably will get on that. I've been a professional athlete. I have started up a number of companies. I've worked for some of the world's biggest companies. I now coach in some of the world's largest organizations. So it has been an epic journey and I don't regret a single bit of it, even the tough parts. Yeah, I love that. And you're currently in Bali at the moment. I'm, we're, I am. We're I on am. a video call and I can see your beautiful background. So I love that. <laughs> um, Apologies. I should have put a virtual one. I'm not to make you jail. <laughs> no, not at all. I love it. I love it. So obviously the podcast, a lot of it's around the conversations we're having around change. And you've described, all, you know, you fit a lot into life. And there's been lots of highs and lows, I presume, through what you just explained. But how has changed I suppose played a role within within all of that. How have you approached it? Oh, um, it's happened. It's happened, as I said. So, from being in a council estate, I've just done what I saw. 
like they say, you cannot be what you cannot see. So I saw everybody either taking drugs or selling drugs. And I've been on both of those fences to both sides of those fences to um, extreme lengths. I've partied a lot. Um, so I, I, I went from taking to selling. That was a change, which was different. And then I was partying too much and started taking again, which was awful for me. <laughs> then I turned into a professional athlete, turned into as a professional athlete, and I was quite extreme at that in terms of just leaving everything else behind. I was injured. Um, that sent me into depression because I thought I'd find found my thing. I thought this was it. I've reached my pinnacle where I'm from. I'm fighting in front of thousands at Wembley Arena. I thought this is it. Um, got injured, couldn't fight. Instead of doing the rehab, I resulted back to what I knew, which was drink and drugs. That sent me into a darker hole where I actually ended up, well, needed to work with a therapist and a hypnotherapist. She helped me see a glimmer of light in myself. She helped me focus all the things that I can do rather than the things that I couldn't. She made me understand that I attached myself to this identity of being a fighter. And although that fighter was gone, all the strengths that it took for me to become that man, that young man at the time was, was, was still present within me. So um, I kind of used that and I've always kind of been entrepreneurial, hence the second drugs, I guess, but <laughs> there's was, was always a part of me that always wanted to actually go and create. So I created businesses and I was looking around at what other people could do. But I never really felt right. You know, um, even working in corporate, never really felt right. It wasn't a great fit. And again, it sounds a bit cliche, but I don't know what people tend to do, which is kind of just disappear and go and find themselves. Mm. And I found myself, well, I found spirituality first, or rather it found, found me. Again, another cliche. And I can tell you how it happened. I was in a coffee shop with my mum and I was saying, mum, I'm upset. She goes, I knew something was up, what was going on? And um, anyway, I was just told her, I don't really know what it is. And I remember speaking to a friend of mine that went to church. He was the only person that I knew that went to church. And I asked him a few weeks earlier, can I come church with you? Of course it was out of the blue because he doesn't know me going to strip clubs and partying until stupid hours. So for me to approach him with this, he was like, yes, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah. Went, went twice and I just knew it wasn't for me I kind of liked the idea of people wanting to be wholesome and do this but it just didn't fit with me so I'm speaking to my mum about this and there was a lady sitting next to her I don't know her age I don't know what she looked like because it's natural blur now but she went forward and she said sorry to overhear your conversation but what do you know about spirituality what do you know about meditation what do you know about doing this work and I was like, nah, I've heard about it, but it's not for me. She just wrote down a few things, she wrote down an app and something else for me to look down. And was... Anyway, whoever she is, she changed my life. Mm. You know, because I remember going home and looking at this thing, I was thinking, I'm going to try this out. So I went from meditating from five minutes at home day to meditating with monks in the mountains of Java. So that was my first kind of transition and I remember I 
had my cards read and I was working on a startup at the time. And the lady who was friends with the Dalai Lama, she goes, what do you do? And I told her, she said, record this. She said, I've got this all in on recording. I goes, yeah, I work with tech. And she goes, no, 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 that's not for you. You're a teacher. I was like, no, I'm not a teacher. She goes, you need to be doing workshops. You need to be healing. You need to be doing this. I was like, no, that's not for me. Anyway, that was years ago. Fast forward, how many years yeah. now? I'm doing exactly what she said. But um, to answer your question, how has change, when you say, how's it, the role, has it played a part in my life? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so changing from one thing to another, it wasn't just from A to where I am now. There were a number of micro changes on the route that led me to where I am. And one thing I have been good at is when something doesn't feel right, I honor it. Mm. I honor it. I think it doesn't feel right. So I'm not going to continue doing this because I, I think I've always subconsciously known how precious time is. And we only get one chance at this turn of life, you know? So if I hadn't make, made all those micro changes, there would have been a lot of detrimental impacts along the line like so from the same from the taking drugs i could have ended up dead from the selling drugs in prison even though i've done prison but i could have carried on from the party in the same bleak outcome to the businesses just it could have just been really horrific but now i love what i do and there's nothing i would rather do than what i do now so change has played a big part in my life and it's about about allowing the changes to be made Mm. that's brilliant thanks for sharing I, I love your story it's so empowering you it's obvious when you were saying about the listening to what feels right that's just your intuition telling you isn't it and which and helping you navigate which which I, I love as well that's probably how I live my life but the thing that blew me away from what you said Mason was about how that stranger changed your life and how you know that happens to a lot of us and we don't always you know, that person's probably no idea the impact that one conversation's had on how your life's played out. So I just think that's so powerful. I suppose that sense of community and humans helping each other with no, no agenda, but it's just that, I suppose, that kindness and sharing your insight with someone that can catapult, catapult someone into a completely different life, which, yeah, it's so powerful. I love that. This was a coffee shop in London. People don't talk in London. Yeah. So to to be kind of bold enough to say you've been eavesdropping in my conversation, which was really a heartfelt conversation, she must have been intuitively pulled or compelled to say that, you know? So whoever she is, I I think she could be an angel for me. So there was something in her that just actually put me on. So yeah, if she, and not only that, the ripple effect of her saying that to me down to the work that I'm now doing with others mm. so she's indirectly changed so many lives me being a bit not humble by saying I'm changing lives but it's it's the work that I do and that's down to her yeah passing on the gift I love that so when we when we met we had a really like I mentioned at the, at the start we had a really powerful conversation and what came up for us when we were chatting was around choices that we've made in life and I suppose mm. it links to what we've just had a, a, a chat about about the change but we I suppose we got into this um a bit of dialogue around how people view choices in the world and I, I'm I've got my own take on this and I'd love to get yours but I think a lot of people look at a choice as quite a singular transaction it's about that one thing but like you just ex- described about that ripple effect I probably see choices as being quite multi-dimensional 
you know mm. and, and again that that speaks true to the holistic approach you know you what you choose to eat affects you physically mentally you know how we spend our money can impact the planet can impact you know our well-being our mindset you know there's everything's so interconnected and I think a lot of people don't necessarily view choices from that I suppose that per perception or that point of view so what like I suppose what's your take on that and how do you view that in society what's like what's your take on choices and decision making good question um honestly I feel that many people's choices aren't their own mm. because we are all conditioned to some level and heavily influenced by our friends, our family, and society from, from the moment we're born. Yeah. Uh, so although, again, it sounds so cliche, I said it before, that's why you hear so many people say that they have to leave their homes to go and find themselves because there's something pulling them away from this. Like, they're married with kids by a certain age in the house and the cars and the picket fence. That is not for everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when everyone is doing it, when you're not doing it, you feel pulled. You feel like you're doing something wrong. You know, which is why so many people that I work with do feel stuck and they feel pulled because everything in life says I should be doing this. But my every fiber of my being wants to do this. Mm. You know, and um, choices are everything, in my opinion. But what's more important is always knowing that you have a choice. Some people say to me, well, you probably heard it. I've got no choice. I've got no choice. You've always got a choice. But the reason why they've been stuck is because sometimes there's not an easy way out. Mm -hmm. There's not an easy choice to make. So I often say to some people, I goes, um, stop looking for an easy way because sometimes it just isn't one. And when we can actually understand that, that okay, no wonder why I feel stuck is because I've been looking for an easy choice. I've been looking at harder and harder. What one are you going to go for? Mm. Because if you're going to be stuck where I am now, that's also a choice to stay doing what you're doing. But um, my take, if I'm understanding the question right, is that you live the life that you live, that you create, that's fully determined on the choices you make day by day. Mm. You know, like the small choices, from small choices like what you're going to eat today, you know, to the big choices like, am I going to stay in this relationship? Am I going to stay at this job that I do not like? You know, and it's important for people to understand that there is a choice because when we don't make the choice choices, there's always this underlying heaviness, this unresolved shit that's there looming in the background. And it doesn't shift no matter how many coping mechanisms you use. And trust me, I know this from experience. When we're not looking at the thing, that thing goes nowhere, no matter how much drink you want to do, no matter how much sex you want to have, no matter how much money you want to make, it does not go anywhere until you actually recognise that it's there. Yeah. You know, so that's my, that's my take on choices and decision, if I, got, if I got the question right. Yeah, no, brilliant. And I, yeah, I love that in terms of the people are making choices that aren't their own. And I, and I suppose that's one thing I'm passionate in my coaching is people really understanding themselves and getting really intimate with who they are because then I feel that gives them that extra added confidence that sometimes it takes because it takes courage and confidence to make some of those harder choices that you describe. Yeah. It's not not easy, but the more 
I suppose I believe the more we know ourselves, the more assured we can be that we're making the right choice for us. And sometimes it is that, you know, if everyone's going one way and you're going the other, but ultimately your well-being in life is going to be more fulfilled and happier if you follow what's true to you, rather than sometimes what I suppose society deem is the right path. Mm. Um, so it's debunking some of that. Like we're, you know, we're not, we're not robots. We're not, you know, machines on a conveyor belt. We're all creating, I suppose, our own existence and experience of the world that mm. feels right to us. So yeah, look, and you would be in sync with that. With the with the choices, and, and this is a really fascinating subject that that I suppose I'm consciously live my life by, but I see it play out in other people's lives. But instant gratification versus delayed <laughs> gratification. I think that I think that stimulates a lot of people to make a different choice than they maybe would. Maybe we don't have enough patience or tenacity or resilience to wait for that delayed gratification. But what's your what's your take on? On, on that dilemma, I suppose, when people are making choices? This is a good question. I don't think people ask themselves that question in the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they just go for what's right then. And it's quite simple. Let's use fitness as an example. Like, I'm not going to go to the gym today. Instead, I'm going to sit at the sofa. Instant gratification. I'm going to go to the gym and then sit on the sofa. When I wake up in the morning, who would you rather be? You know, this goes across the board. It scares me how many people are here say, I'm just going to wait until this before I do the thing that I really want to do. Mm. You know, really trying to put off the work and just trying to find some kind of shortcut. And for me, excuses only sound good to those that use them. You know, and it's... So I think if people were to actually ask themselves, a friend of me, a friend of mine said to me once, it was over something really trivial and it stuck in my head. I was at her house, we was having dinner and then she was washing up. No, she left washing up and she goes, no, future me is gonna thank past me for what present me is about to do. Mm. And I was like, yeah, that is a really good way of looking at it because you know, like even for example, like using fitness again, some people might wanna indulge in food which might seem like instant gratification. Mm. But if you can actually recognize and connect connect to the pain you're going to feel come summer and you're looking in the mirror and you're not happy at what you're, or what's standing back at you, you know, or if you're staying in a job because it's paying the bills and you look back 10, 20 years future, you're thinking, oh my God, I've spent so many years doing something that I do not like. So, I mean, that instant gratification can have really strong, lifelong, mm. negative impacts. Like, it literally can push you over the edge. Mm. And some people don't forgive themselves. Don't get me wrong. Like, like her, but we're both coaches. You probably had somebody that's been that. Because I don't know why I've done it for so long. It's quite hard to get people to forgive themselves for what they've already done. Yeah. You know, so I often try and say, don't even give yourself nothing to be to forgive you. Don't give yourself anything that you're going to have to forgive yourself for. Mm. You know, so it's um, instant gratification. It's a, it's a big one. Don't get me wrong. We're all going to slip mm. now and then. And that's okay. Don't, 
bust your balls every second of every day trying to think of what future you do need to be present like do not get me wrong but when it comes to the important stuff the goals that you've set yourself gift yourself to do the thing that you said that you want to do to get the thing that you want to get mm. yeah yeah when you say it like that it sounds so easy and I suppose it's the like you say we're all human so we're going to slip up at times or we're going to also I think trial and error plays a lot in it you know we might do something and think oh actually that didn't work for me that didn't feel great I'm going to do it differently next time so it's all just part of that learning journey isn't it um but I think it's it it comes back to that knowing who you really are and what you really desire and then it makes it easier in my opinion, to align your actions to make that happen. Mm. I see a lot of people, um, I just posted about it this morning, actually, about forcing, you know, I've got to be consistent, I've got to be disciplined, but it's not always, you're not always taking the time to figure out what feels good to you in the first place. So for all, mm-hmm. you know, that uh, doing the hard stuff is fine if that's aligned to where you want to try and get to, because then it's going to be mm. fulfilling. But if it's just because someone said I should do it or because I think that's what I want, then I think that's where there's maybe a lack of, I suppose, the joy and happiness. Um, I, I was uh, I was uh, on with a client this morning. He's going through some really heavy shit. And he was talking about all these things that he wants to do and this needs to be done and that needs to be done. Not talking about the heaviness. And I goes, have you given your permission, yourself permission to feel the emotion that you're feeling? And he was like, what do you mean? Give myself permission. You know, I goes, what do you need? He's like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I goes, really need? No, I'm not talking about the tasks and these things. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you need for you? He, did, he couldn't answer the question. You know, so it's really difficult for people to make the choices when they haven't even checked in with themselves of what they need from life. So going back to the instant gratification and, and everything else, it's some people don't really know what will gratify them in the long term because they haven't actually done that inner work. They haven't done that self-exploration to think actually what it is I need because they want this societal treadmill. Mm. And we're just too busy fitting in. Oh, that's what they're doing. So I'm going to do that. Mm. You know, that's how life is. Yeah, yeah. I also see that, that play massively, I suppose, with consumerism and we're being, you know, sold to all the time to consume things and purchase things mm-hmm. and that instant gratification I think is really closely aligned with that just consumerism world where we're seeking or we're told that we seek you know we should seek joy and happiness from things external to us so you buy the car or you know you buy the new handbag or whatever it might be it's that instant you know no one buys that stuff and then mm-hmm. still feels as fulfilled six months down the line about the new handbag that they bought you maybe get a kind of 10 minute wee buzz after you walk out the shop with your bag yeah it's noise it's an instant gratification which then again comes back to that holistic approach to life the impact that has on your finances and what have you sacrificed spending that money on elsewhere in your life that would Mm -hmm. be you know a lot you know have a longer term impact or benefit on on your level of joy and happiness it's it's such a fascinating topic to get into but when you start looking at your I think it comes back to making choices consciously or unconsciously you know we I think a lot of that instant gratification comes from I've not like you say I've not even thought about it I don't even know what I want I'm just Mm. making decisions or choices or purchasing or doing things that 
life's happening to me I'm quite passive about it rather than having that intentional going after what you really want a, a good example of that is I don't think anybody wants to get caught in an Instagram scroll, scroll hole for two hours. Yeah. Right? But if someone was to say, what do you want to do with these two hours? No one's going to say, I'm going to, I want to sit down and scroll through Instagram. But then there are people that probably are happy to do that. But a majority of people that want more for themselves out of life probably yeah. wouldn't go for that route. But yet yeah, they'll do it because they do not have something else that they've put their mind to. Mm. You know I mean, there's not something else that they want to be getting to. And if there is, they haven't really connected with what it is properly. Mm you know yeah yeah I can be guilty of the old Instagram <laughs> um so you mentioned at, at the beginning Mason about like the work you do I suppose in corporate and with bigger organizations and the we've, we've tried so far about choices I suppose about what we want but I also think it's fascinating about how we choose like how we choose to show up as well as a, a how we portray ourselves or how we, how we put ourselves out into the world What's your take on, like, how do you see it within the kind of corporate landscape about people choosing to show up? You know, are they are they being authentically them? Do you see a lot of people hiding behind uh, a mask? What's the what's the vibe? I, I get the question. At first, I thought you may show up physically, or there's always a mask at first. If I'm doing a workshop, especially in male-dominated companies, uh, the first about a six-week program. Um, First, you can see everyone a bit skeptical, saying, hmm, ha, ha, what's this guy talking about? He's got a tattoo on his neck and we're here. And uh, I see it, I feel the judgment and it's fine. It's always gonna happen. And then after a while, you start to see the mask start to break down. I start asking questions first, it'd be challenging and what. I think inst instinctively, we, we tend to go anywhere with a mask. We tend to kind of want to protect ourselves. Mm -hmm. Though in a corporate environment, it's even more so because these are your colleagues. You don't want these people kind of judging me or thinking I'm this way or that way. It might help, it might impact my, my reputation. So that's heavily, heavily visible. But by the end of the time I'm done with them, it's usually decreased a lot. I'm not going to say it's disappeared. And in terms of showing up, um, everybody has their idea of what it means to show up. You know, some people might be, I showed up today for myself by asking a question. Mm. Some people might be, I'm showing up physically, so it means that I'm here doing the work. So I would never say to other people that you're not showing up right because internally that step might have been huge for them. You know, yeah. just being here in a room talking about our emotions and sadness and addictions and all these things, you know. So everyone's idea, everyone has their own idea of what it means to show up. So you can't really judge it like that. Mm. But there's ways that um, people showing up for me is a, is a big is a big thing. And then being there and I've been doing it long enough to know that some people are in the room that they might be silent and they're the ones that will email you a couple of weeks after saying that you've changed their life. Mm. You know, and there's some people that will just be talking through the whole time and literally it's gone in one ear and out the other. So. Yeah, and it comes back to that, like, um, I suppose in the work we both do, it's not, 
And I suppose in any walks of life, you can't change other people. People have to want the change for themselves, don't yeah. they? So, and again, it, it, there's a huge spectrum to that, whether it's dipping a toe and like you say, that person that was in the workshop and listened, didn't contribute, but emailed after and has taken it on board right the way up to, you know, going on a retreat and changing your life or immersing yourself in that you know in a completely different world that's alien to where you've been before um and it sounds like through your journey you've done aspects of all of that there's been a you've moved through the spectrum almost in terms of your own growth and learning and insights about yourself does that mm. ring true does it feel like you've been on this journey i suppose my yeah, yeah. It's all I know, and that's the best way for me to be authentic by share what I know. If I'm up, if I'm up on stage and someone asks me a question that I don't know, I'll say I do not know. Mm-hmm. I've not experienced that, um, but I'm going to try and answer it the best way I can. You know, so um, I'm quite open of sharing my story. Mm-hmm. Not as much as I'd like to be. If I'm honest, there's still a bit of fear there in certain in certain um environments but yeah as you say I, I do kind of just use what I know in my journey to help portray the message that's what you said yeah. yeah 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 and that I'm gonna probe if that's all right I feel like I'm going into coaching mode but where, what's the fear if you're happy to answer that what <laughs> you said about fear of maybe in some environments, fully sharing your story and expressing yeah. who you are. But what's the, what's, what's the fear, Mason? The fear isn't being judged. The fear is around losing work mm. because I feel like I'm going to be judged anyway. And I feel that I have, only when I'm speaking to you now, it makes me actually look back and reflect and fuck where I've come from to what I'm actually doing now. Mm. It's absolutely insane. And I actually look at it like from, sometimes I zoom out and see myself from a third person perspective. I think that dude's done okay. You know, but there is that, there's still that fear that I could impact in one of the places that I don't want to go to. Mm. And this is going to be, this is something that I constantly work on. I'm constantly going to have to be reminding myself, going, no, I'm good at what I do. I'm here for a reason. Um, like I think I told you about uh, a couple of coaches that I connect with monthly. Uh, we help each other for our challenges and our fears. And they both say, mate, speak your truth. Mm-hmm. Speak your truth. And although that I do find I am authentic, if you ask me a question, you're going to get a real answer, even about myself. But there is still some that I, I hold back on. And that is work in progress. Mm-hmm. I love that you mentioned that work in progress because all of this work it's not it's not like we ever arrive I don't believe there's always there's always another layer another insight another lesson that we learn about ourselves and coming back to what you said at the very beginning about I suppose your journey in your life and about how that entrepreneurial spirit you know selling drugs like there's so many transferable skills that life's not um and again, it comes back to that holistic approach. Life's not, we don't compartmentalize like, well, that was my past and that that's in that box now, or that was how I was when I was at that job, or that's how I was in that relationship. We take all of that learning and growth and insight into the next thing we do. So I love that you said about, yeah, we're a work in progress and that, I suppose, that transferable um, skill set, mindset, lessons that we take with us onto our, 
I think um, knowing that I'm work in progress makes life a little easier. Mm, you know? Yeah. It makes, because I don't know it all. Like when I tell people that I work with that I work with a coach, they're like, but you are a coach. I'm like, yeah, but I don't know everything. Coach, coaches, coaches help me. And um, when we can actually realize and admit, okay, I don't know everything. And I done a post when I, when I was on Instagram and it got quite a lot of traction. The people are scared that the person they are today aren't going to be, isn't going to be able to reach the goals that they want to reach. Mm. Like, yeah, but you need to be, you need to become that person. So don't be afraid that you can't get to where you want to today, but the person you're going to become can, mm. you know? So it's about shifting your focus on who you're going to become, not the goal that you're trying to reach, because that goal is scary for who we are today. Mm. And also that, I'm, I'm quite passionate about this, the, the goals, and it comes back to that instant gratification or delayed gratification, the goal is just part of the journey. You know, a lot of people put so much emphasis on, I'll be happy when I've reached the goal or I'll be joyful mm. when I've reached the goal or I'll feel successful when I've reached the goal. But actually that, if you're not enjoying the journey, then what are you here for? Because mm. that is just the day in, day out living, isn't it? And I, that touches on that growth. You know, it's a journey's a cliche, isn't it? But it's, I like evolution. We're all constantly evolving and eventually we'll accumulate, acquire or um, achieve things along the way. But then we always, you know, it's human nature. There's always a next level. You know, you hit a goal. What's the next goal? What am I striving for now? So I see well, it. I think, sorry. Go. No, no, you go. I was going to say, it's not so much about the, that's why I love what you said. It's not always just about the goals, about who you're becoming in the process. Yeah, because it's been proven over the years that goals or things or it does not bring you, quote, unquote, happiness. You know, people say, yeah, I, I want a million pounds. No, how do you want to feel? Mm. You know, I want to do this. Why? Why? What are you going to get from that? You know, it's, you're right. There's too much emphasis on the actual goal. Now, if you're losing a goal as a, as a kind of gauge to push yourself or something to strive for and just work towards, then yeah, by all means, but don't use that goal as a solution mm. to find this kind of inner peace that you might be looking for because that inner peace and this is definitely cliche it's not outside of us it really isn't mm -hmm. yeah and that simple question of how you feel like powerful I suppose even just as a tool to to help you make those choices and I had it just the other day a friend texted me and couldn't make her mind up between doing one thing or the other mm. and I was like what do you want what do you really want to do like how is it going to make you feel doing choice a or choice b and sometimes getting into that mindset of actually i suppose that helps people maybe tap into intuitively what's right for them mm. but rather than seeing the other noise around it about you know what's going to cost me money or what's going to take longer or how do I, how easy is it going to be to fit into my day but coming back to like how do i want to feel and which one's going to get me closer to that feeling a powerful mm. question isn't it it is a big question yeah love it Mesa, we've covered so much ground i absolutely love our chats i could speak to you all day long um if the listeners are thinking like right change i kind of get it 
choices decisions I've never never really thought about it before mm. like what how what kind of top tip or where do you think they would they should start what's the kind of that dipping the toe analogy what 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 comes okay. up what comes up for me is the only thing that's stopping many people from making the change they want to make is because they want to fit in they want to be liked they do not want to be judged but this is never going to happen you know and um also what, what, what I found useful is that when we stop judging others, we'll care less or not even think about that others might be judging you. Mm. So if you can let go of trying to impress or get in line or anything else and actually focus on what you want, again, using a client as an example, um, I asked him, if you gave zero fucks about this thing, what would you do differently? Mm -hmm. He goes, oh, man. And I goes, I, I goes well, if you gave zero fucks about what they thought about you, he goes, I'll do to things totally different. I said, what would you do? He goes, I'll do this and I'll do this and I've done that. He'd done it and he got the thing that he wanted to get. You know, so he took his way out. And so that would be it. I'm kind of waffling a bit. No. It, it, it would be to release that, that need to fit in and put yourself first yeah yeah and I think that so many people relate to that because I think people pleasing whether you whether you know you're a people pleaser or not there's there's a yeah. lot of people I think sure. struggle with that trying to fit in fear of judgment um yeah just want to be liked and and, and please people so yeah I love that just letting go of I still food. get it Nick yeah. I still get it when people talk about um being authentic they go you authentic like probably not 100 percent mm. like I've, like you know I've, I've come i've removed myself from instagram mm -hmm. and i remember looking back at it and i was thinking i agree with what i said and i meant everything i said but i should have said more but i was just being careful because i didn't want to offend anyone and that's absolute bullshit i need to actually start taking my own advice and being a hundred percent authentic which i which i still find difficult you know and people say you're supposed to be you're a coach I go no I'm still I still have those fears mm. I still have to like I mentioned to you before yeah yeah and it's just if it's just leaning into that knowing what the I suppose what the right choice or decision is for you doesn't mean it's not scary and challenging and sometimes a bit overwhelming but I suppose it's leaning in taking the first step and it's and again it it's not just um a lot of that works not from zero to a hundred. It might be like, right, I'm going to be a little more vulnerable or a little bit more bold or a little bit more honest or share a little bit more. Mm. And eventually you'll get to a stage where, yeah, it's all out in the open. But to go to that from where you are for, for lots of people, too big a jump, isn't it? So it's just- a big jump. Yeah. I remember making my first video on social media. I must have recorded it about 500 times. And <laughs> it, like I didn't like it and then it got to the point where I just gave zero fucks I just jump on get my video I want to say this jump on talk and just say whatever I wanted to say and, and that was it mm -hmm. so that was a, a small example of it and what people need to recognize is after you do this scary thing firstly you find out it wasn't that scary and secondly you feel really proud of yourself 
And when you feel proud of yourself, that is such an amazing feeling. Such an amazing feeling. Yeah. You know, it's, it's what we all are looking for. Yeah. You know, when you look in the mirror, I'm proud of the person that, that you see looking back at you. Yeah. I'd add a third one in there, and I don't know if you'd agree, but once you've done the scary thing, it's the chances are it's received better than you've ever imagined it would oh, be. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yes. So you're almost judging yourself, whereas actually other people are cheering you on and, and have got your back and have loved what you've done. But you've spit, you know, you've self-criticized for and procrastinated yeah. about it because you've got the fear of what folk will say. So it is just leaning in and isn't it? And, yeah. and doing that scary thing. Be the scary thing. Yeah. Brilliant. Amazing. Mason, thank you so much. I want to let you go and enjoy the rest of your day in Bali. It looks gorgeous where you are. Um thank you so much for your wisdom and your time. I really appreciate it. And thanks to the listeners for listening. Thank you for having me on. Thank you so much for listening i really hope you enjoyed that episode and make sure you subscribe and follow the podcast so that next week you can join us again